Welcome to the Success IQ podcast, the show for entrepreneurs wanting to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 165. For those of you who are new to the show, welcome. I'm a specialist in performance and mindset, working with business owners all over the world, supporting them to be the best and perform at the highest levels in life and business. And I achieve this through my coaching and online programs. I started this podcast simply to discover how other thought and business leaders create and enjoy success and to identify common strategies and techniques as well as the mindset they have adopted to live their version of exceptional. My aim is for you to learn and implement the valuable lessons shared in these episodes. You deserve to live and enjoy an exceptional life, but in order to achieve this, you will need to adopt new strategies and ways of thinking to achieve your goals. Now. On with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I truly hope you are having an amazing week. So we are bringing another past guest from um, a, a distant past. He's actually Todd Palmer is joining us today. The last time we heard from him was in episode 90, which is back in 2018. Seems a hell of a long time ago. So let's tell you a little bit more about Todd. So Todd is an executive coach, keynote speaker, renowned thought leader, author, and CEO who is committed to helping business owners tackle their obstacles and clear their path to success. As an entrepreneur and active CEO, Todd knows the struggles businesses owners face regarding people, cash, strategy, and execution. He took his company from being $600,000 in debt to making it uh, Inc. 5000 as one of America's fastest growing companies, an astounding six times. He specializes in helping leaders join the mission statement of the organization to their personal core values while addressing fears, self-doubts, imposter syndrome, and he brings a unique blend of authenticity, transparency, and vulnerability to help leaders and organizations achieve their highest goals. And he's here today to share his story, what he's learned along the way, and his proven framework for helping business owners achieve success. Todd, welcome back. Jeff, thank you so much for having me back. How are you, my friend? I am very, very good. And like I was saying, just before the last time we had the the um, honor of your uh, presence was back in 2018 in episode 90. Oh, gosh, it feels well, looking at the how much the world has changed in three years. Holy cow. I, I hope that wasn't the beginning of the end for some people. Goodness gracious. Yeah, it's it's been some people may say it's the catalyst. There you go. You know, but with with within every tragedy, there is opportunity. This is very good. This is very true. And um, just before we dive in, could you give us a little bit of a backstory uh, of what brought you to this point today? Yeah. So uh, um, last when we last spoke, I just retired from being a, an active CEO. Um, I own a recruiting company here in the United States. And you know, the story from that business, real quick, to bring people up to speed, was I started as a, as a young entrepreneur. Ten years into my journey, I was six hundred thousand dollars in debt and about a two million dollar run rate. So I'm completely upside down. I was in a spot where the bank had called my note and they were going to take my home within sixty days. Um, I was a single parent, so my kid and I were literally going to be homeless due to my production or lack of production as an entrepreneur CEO. Um, I was dealing with massive imposter syndrome, which created a, a sense of, of uh, depression where I couldn't get out of bed some days to come into work. And uh, for the first time in my career, I stopped being a rugged individualist CEO. And I raised my hand and I hired a coach. Within eight years, 
We paid off all eight hundred or all six hundred thousand dollars in debt, every single penny, and the business grew to a point where we made the Inc. Five Thousand. Inc. Five Thousand as one of America's fastest growing companies six times. From there, um, I retired from that business and started coaching my clients, and and I started doing a, a process I called Inside Out Leadership, incorporating the active learning cycle because that was super helpful to me when I was getting out of being stuck. Uh, since then, I have one of my clients, for example, has grown his revenue 70% and his profits 500% when he got unstuck. And that inspired me to write my new book, From Suck to Success, which two weeks ago became an international bestseller. And you were gracious enough to have me back on your show. So this is kind of the culmination of my three-year journey. Last, excellent. And um, just before we dive in as well, can you tell us a little bit of what Suck to, Suck to Success is about? Absolutely. And I appreciate you asking. It's really it's about taking that entrepreneurial journey and breaking it into two giant pieces. The first four chapters of the book are on mindset. The second four chapters on the, of the book are applying the, the pivots required after you shift your mindset. Because I've found everything in business, and I may, this may land with someone listening today, hopefully, is it's always the same problem. It's every time it's the same problem in business. It's always a people problem. So if you've got a problem with cash, well, it's a people problem because people have made decisions on how to use that cash or people have made decisions on on what to charge a customer. Maybe you didn't charge them enough margin, et cetera. So it's always a people situation. And and I coach my my CEO leaders, my entrepreneurial leaders to to recognize that, to make the changes. 99 out of 100 times the changes are from within, you know, inside out leadership, the leader changes themselves in order to get unstuck. And then we, we continually apply where that stuck comes back into their lives because it continues to return because that's how life is. Life is really the curriculum. The, the book, while it talks a lot about being an entrepreneur, really applies to parenting and to relationships and to certainly being a CEO or to being a leader within an organization because life is the curriculum. So how do we work through that? How, how do we continue to get unstuck? How do we apply massive curiosity to every problem? How do we take every problem we run into? And I put stories from COVID into the book about t- treating COVID as if it's happening for us not to us, because we literally use a different part of our brain when we make that switch and that pivot. And it is it is hard work, but it's possible. And you know the the fact that we we were able to create an international bestseller is just just the icing on the cake. Because I'm hoping, as we talked about in our pre-interview, that the book will get into enough hands to improve enough lives to make a difference. So there's a couple of things that um, you talked about during sort of the the backstory, but also with regards to the book, um, the imposter syndrome side of things. Um, how big a problem do you think that is? I mean, uh, you know, I know we all have those little voices in our heads, but how big a problem do you think that is in business? Oh my gosh, it, it is one of the biggest problems in business. So um, I call it the itty bitty shitty committee, and when my mine would, and when mine would meet, it was it had it was had a very disciplined meeting schedule. It met on a daily basis, and there were six hundred thousand members of that committee, and they had a lot of opinions on how. I wasn't delivering how I wasn't enough. You know, for me, the imposter syndrome really showed up in thinking I need to be all things to all people all the time. And, and that really became paralyzing. You know, think about it when we start our companies as, as solopreneurs, we are HR, we are sales, we are handling all, all operations and accounting. So that serves us well. But when we try to scale, when we want to add other people to that team, it becomes clunky. 
at times. And if we don't know how to have a transition plan. And the, the other part of the imposter syndrome that, that really became paralyzing for me was my personal identity as a human being on this planet was tied to that of the business. So if the business was great, I was great. If the business was doing terrible, I was terrible. And it, I call it the elevator ride of misery. You know, I'm, I'm constantly, you know, if the business had this great month, oh, thank goodness, I must have, I must have figured it out. And it has a bad month. And it, and it just became very much wrapped around failure. So, uh, you know, what I learned ultimately through the coach that I currently have, I've had two coaches in my life and I talk about both, both about them in the book. You know, Greg was my first coach. Danny is my second coach who I still work with today. And what Danny really helped me figure out was that failure doesn't exist. And here's why it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist because if we try something and it doesn't work, we've simply learned. That's it. All we've done is learned it didn't work. And if it did work, then we learned it did work. It's, it's the, the association. It's the, the definition we assigned to that experience. Oh my gosh, that failed. I'm a failure. You know, when I'm $600,000 in debt, the first thing I recognized using the active learning cycle was that wasn't working for me anymore. I'm sure you're shocked to hear me saying being $600,000 in debt is a bad idea, but it really was. Doesn't work. So what are we going to do? We're going to create a strat. We're going to create an intention, not an expectation around that problem. Well, as soon as I pivot from intention, expectation into intention, I use a different part of my brain. I use the, the front end of my cerebral cortex versus if I create expectations, really it's a win-lose game. So then I go into fight or flight. Then I create a strategy around that intention, around that intention, around that goal. And I, and I massively iterate. It's an iterative process of trying a bunch of different things where a lot of people get derailed. I tried it. It didn't work. Woe is me. I suck. I'm a failure. You're a failure. We should quit. The reality is that's the iterative process. That's the only way we as human beings are able to learn. Well, I was wrapped up into when I was iterating, when I was learning, when things weren't working, I was a failure. And then when I added other people to my, my team and I didn't hold them accountable, I just delegate or I advocated to them. Here, you got it. You'll be fine, Jeff. Just run with it. And I didn't check in with you and you and you didn't do it to the way I thought you should do it. Well, I thought you were a failure. I thought I was a failure. I thought the system was a failure. We're all wrong. And it just became a very big doom loop in my life that thankfully due to the coaches that I've worked with, I was able to eliminate. Yeah. Is there one specific strategy that helped you deal with the imposter syndrome or is it, um, is it like a myriad of different strategies? That, wow. That's a great question. I'm, I'm really glad you asked me that. So I used to think the mistake I made around, you know, the, the mistake I made around dealing with the imposter syndrome was, was thinking I could eradicate it, that I could eliminate it from my life. The reality is it never did. Um, so the analogy I've created, I created mental imagery for myself and it really is this. When I was at my worst back in 2006, I was driving in a two-seater car down the, the, the business highway of life. The imposter syndrome was in the driver's seat, and I was in the passenger seat. So I was letting the imposter syndrome control my life, control my direction. We've switched seats. I'm now in the driver's seat. The imposter syndrome sits next to me because it's still going to give me feedback. It's still going to challenge me. It's still going to give me that, that uh, you know, Why'd you do that? And you sure that's a good idea? And, and challenge me. And what, what, what Danny has specifically taught me is he was that's going to go on for the rest of your life. So your job is to recognize that. Your job is to be empowered in the position of being in the driver's seat. Thank the imposter syndrome for its feedback, because crazily enough, the imposter syndrome actually goes back to childhood. And the imposter syndrome is the voice in your head from your parents telling you not to put your finger in the light socket, which is a good idea. 
If I recognize really its sense of origin and I understand it better, I can work with it. There are some days, I mean, I'm not perfect where it, it takes a little bit, at least puts its hands on the wheel, but I never switch seats with it because I always maintain that I'm in charge. Yeah. I like that. Cause I know when, when I, um, when I first started this journey into sort of self-development and I was working on myself first, um, one of the things that I was taught to do was ask the, um, the inner the self-sabotage or however you want to do what it actually wants for me and it, ultimately the question that came out was i want good things i'm just really shitty at communicating what it is so rather than going this is a bad idea and then myself going thanks very much for the feedback which you eloquently put um yes exactly I would I would fight it like crazy, and then we've got inner conflict, and then inner conflict cranks up the stress response. That was a great way to put it. I I, I have nothing other to add to that. If you could see me, I'd be clapping right now. That's exactly how it works. But it, it, because I think what I had a client say this to me one time in front of his entire leadership team, first meeting, he's like, "This is Todd. He's our coach, and he kind of gives my background and what I'm there to help with." And he goes, and he goes, "We're going to eliminate." all of our problems in our business because we've hired Todd. Like the first 10 minutes of meeting, these people said, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, I want to redirect you clearly. We are not going to eliminate all the problems in your business. Why? Because business in life of the curriculum, you're always going to have problems. So let's talk about money. I was $600,000 in debt. That's a, that's a very legitimate money problem, which tied to a people problem, me. Well, when I got out of debt and the business hockey sticked and grew, I had a different money problem. I had a tax problem because I was doing well. The business flowed through to my tax return and I had to pay more taxes. It's a better money problem. Hand to God, I can tell you it's a better money problem to have. Um, I still, it's still considered a money problem because I you know, didn't want to pay the taxes or didn't have the money, whatever the issue was, but it's a better money problem to have. So we're always going to have those challenges in business. We're always going to have the imposter syndrome in the back of our head. It's you know, I loved your question of like, you know, basically, what are you here to teach me? What are you here? What do you want from me? What do you want me to do? How are you protecting me in a sense? And, you know, it's, it's nothing wrong with hearing what it has to say, but it's our choice. It's our, it's our decisions around the choices we make that is still ours to own. So we're not a victim. We're not a martyr. We're still in charge. Yeah, and I think is is, is I look at it now as you know, as you say, it's it, the, that curriculum is I'm the CEO of my life. So if someone gives me yes. feedback, I don't have to take it. I can utilize it and turn it into something that's either going to move me forward or hold me back. And it's yeah, well, and, and especially you know for for what we do as coaches, you know, we give feedback all the time. <laughs> I, I say to my clients, you know, I have a, a model I follow where I talk to each client either once a week or, or every other week, depending upon the program they're in. And I, my, my agreements are for one year. And they're, for, they're, year, they're for a year for a reason. Their reason is in that year, I can promise you, I'm going to say something you do not like. I'm going to hold up a mirror and you're going to see something that's pretty damaging from inside of you or pretty ugly within you. And you're going to want to throw the baby out with the bathwater and you're going to want to fire me. And honestly, that's when you need me the most. So you can't fire me. <laughs> and they're like, one guy goes, I can so see me doing that. I said, yeah, I go, you're, I go, yeah. So you just, and, I, and he goes, where did you get that from? I said, Oh, because I tried to fire both my coaches because, because they were, they were just being mean to me and I was a baby and I was a victim. And I went through the whole thing with him. I go, you know what? 
they were 100% right. I was 100% wrong. And, and I tell them, there's a story I tell them about switching my mindset from my, from focusing solely on just being happy to being satisfied. And, and my coach said, you know, if you can't make that switch, then I'm just going to fire you as a client. Oh, okay. <laughs> but then, then you go down to the power of words oh, and that, yeah. that self-language side, doesn't it? From, you know, the, the, it's one of the reasons why I learned hypnotherapy and NLP was I was fascinated how I was damaging how I was progressing in my own life because of the the self-talk that I was generalizing and, you know, pre-framing disasters and God knows what else that comes along with it. Yeah. I love that pre-framing disasters. Exactly. Well, here's what I've learned. I, I've learned that hurt people say hurtful things, but that doesn't make them bad people. They're hurt people. Um, you know, I, I've, I tell people this, I've been successfully divorced. So I, again, it's not only have I not had struggles in business, I've had struggles in marriages. Surprise, surprise. Wherever I go, there I am. It's work-life integration. And I now, I'm in a new relationship. It's about four years old. And within six months, we hired ourselves a relationship coach because we had both had struggles in relationships. And we said, what instead of waiting until it's at the, at the precipice of death, what if we're, pro, instead of getting painkillers for the relationship, what if we give the relationship some vitamins and we, we infuse it? And it's been transformative, but it, it goes to your point of learning how do we talk to ourselves? How do we then talk to those most important to us? How do we talk to our teams? What is the messaging around that? While still, I believe, I think the data shows us, you know, 80 to 85% of our communication model is in our tonality. It's in our inflection of our voice. It's our body language. And it's, it's also, and then it becomes the words we choose. All that rolls in together. And as I've learned, I've actually become a better partner, thankfully. Jennifer appreciates that, so she reports. Um, She'd let you know if she did. <laughs> yes, she as she should. Uh, and in, in my clients have, have reported, they, they always are appreciative of the generative questions I ask. Because if I ask a generative question, not a question filled with judgment, not a question that's leading, if I approach it with incredibly massive curiosity, it's... It's their job to have the breakthroughs. It's their job to do the internal work to figure out what the real issues are. My job is to be the catalyst for those conversations, but not to, to control because I think I know what the issue is and I'm going to drive you to that decision. Because you know what? Every time, and I've slipped and I've tried doing that every time I've been wrong. So let's just follow the process. Let's trust the process and let's get people unstuck. And, and how important do you think the congruence is? In the words we say, the actions we take, not only in our own personal lives, but also the business side of it. Because, um, you know, I, I know companies that have paid thousands and thousands of pounds to get a vision statement written. Yeah. But actually, the one thing that they don't do on their day to day activities is actually follow the values of what the company is supposed to do. That's, it's, that's a really interesting point. So when I was completing the book, I shared the co a preview copy with my coach because he was generous enough to offer to write the forward because we've been together for seven years. And the thing he told me was, as soon as this goes out, you have to live in perfect alignment with what you said, <laughs> because someone somewhere is buying this book based upon your words. Someone somewhere is investing their hard-earned money into this, this book. And if you're out of alignment with that and anything you show up in, you're, the world is going to find out with social media and everything else. And, and that's really created cause to pause. So I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. Um, working with the CEO, 
CEO has a big core value statement, not a, not a vision, but a core value statement as you walk into their office. First core value is honesty and integrity. First core value. You know, that's great. And we're, we're talking about it in the meetings. Then I go out to dinner with him and his wife. Nice people. Come back for day two. He goes, hey, can you, before you fly out, you know, because I had a late flight, you, you want to go grab a couple drinks? Yeah, sure. Let's go do that. Let's kind of wrap up the, the, the two days together. This woman shows up, not his wife. Well, isn't this interesting? Hmm. We're talking and she, she excuses herself to the ladies room. And, and I, I leaned over and I said, on your, on your, your office, you know, in your, in your, in your foyer there, you have a core value statement, right? Because yeah. I go, do you remember what the number one core value is? She goes, absolutely. Honesty and integrity. Then, then, then who's this woman? I said, if you're, if you're not living in honesty and integrity in every part of your life, you're living, you're, 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 you're not basically a fraud. That client and I no longer work together because he, because he wasn't in alignment with his, his statements and come to find out and talking with his team, we worked together a couple more months and kind of find out, you know, he would say one thing and do another. He would say, he wasn't going to spend money. All of a sudden he'd, he'd pull money out of the, 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 the petty cash slush fund and things like that. So to your point, we have to be in alignment. And if we fall out of alignment, we make a misstep. We have to own it. We, that's part of what I teach with, I call it ATV, authenticity, transparency, and vulnerability for leadership. You've got to stand up and say, Hey, Listen, I made a mistake. I made a wrong decision. Uh, I thought the, the wind was going to go blow to the east. It's now blowing to the west. We have to pivot. Those are the kind of things. But then the thing of it is people feel that. People see that. We recognize that, that leaders inherently are human beings who make mistakes and we have flaws. There, but there, there's, there's one thing in, in dismissing it. And, and there's so much more value when we own it. Yeah. And vulnerability is an interesting one as well, because sometimes, certainly in my experience, you often see um, leaders, and it doesn't matter whether they're solopreneurs or not, their ego sometimes gets in the way. Right. And, it's, and it stops them from, you know, uh, a simple one with me, and it was certainly ego-led with me, was when I was ill and I was trying to get my health back on track, someone suggested mindfulness or something like that to me. And I'm six foot four from the Northeast of England. We're miners and shipbuilders up here. And, you know, when someone went, okay, what you need to do is sit still and close your eyes and, uh, you know, you know, um, or wear Crocs and hemp or whatever. But ultimately, um, when I let the ego drop and I started doing that and allowed myself to be like vulnerable to show the cracks, um, and I started looking at, um, uh, I can't remember the name of it now. Damn it. It's a Japanese philosophy. Um, oh, is it Ikigai? No, it's what they do is all the cracks in, a, in, a, in, in, um, in pottery and stuff. They put gold in. Yes. Yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, but I, but I cannot remember the name. Neither can I. Yeah. And it's about, um, it's about embracing the imperfections. Yes. Um, it's a bit like the, that really hot powder, uh, the green stuff that you can get at um, restaurants. Yeah. But I forgot the name of that as well. But oh, wasabi. Wasabi. It's a bit like it's a bit like the, it's like that, but not wasabi. Um, yeah. But it's that thing to go. Okay, these are the cracks, and I, I and I certainly can attest. I became a hell of a better person when I allowed myself to be vulnerable, be honest, and speak at the same level of that person. It's, it's powerful stuff. And you, you, you're 
people will see you differently. They will interact with you differently. Some people will be more attracted to you as, as a friend or as a partner, as a, as a colleague. Other people will be very uncomfortable around those type of, I, I've experienced. And so people will come out of our lives. And I always share that with people, you know, whether I'm on stage or on a show like yours, or even in the boardroom, like if there's 10 of you, some of you may leave because the leader is going to be changed. They're going to be different. And I tell them the story about how I was like three years ago, I volunteered to go into a maximum security prison for three days to work with prison entrepreneurs. And they were no different than you and I. And it shocked me. I was, I, cause I kind of had some preconceived notions cause I didn't know anybody who'd been in maximum security to be in maximum security. You've had to commit a violent crime. You've got to be pretty bad. Yeah. 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 And, and they were practicing mindfulness. They were practicing, they were doing a lot of inside out leadership work and they were doing that because of the pain they were in and the pain they were in came from the, the environment they were raised in and the environment they were raised in the, the two things that they to a man, and it was all men, they said to me was, I never felt seen and I never felt heard. Boy, could I relate to that? And I'm like, oh my gosh. And, and they said, once we started healing those wounds and we started realizing we can show up differently, we realized we actually can through mindfulness, through meditation, through other practices, be changed from the inside out who we are. It gave them the one thing they didn't have when they went into prison. It gave them a sense of hope. Yeah. Yeah, amazing, powerful, powerful thing as well. I could speak to you about. I could speak to you for ages about this. Oh, this is fun. So, what we're going to do now is, um, you you've already been asked the, the standard questions, so I'm just going to ask you a couple of um, questions uh, just to get the brain going a little bit. It's it must be early morning where you are. Sure. Yeah, it's uh, seven fifty three a.m. Okay. So the first question is, what's been your biggest challenge during COVID? So my biggest challenge during COVID has been. Well, pivoting my business 100%. My business was des- my business model was designed to get coaching clients to go speak from stage. Within uh, in March of 2020, I was in si- booked to be on six stages in three countries. Within 2 weeks it was all knocked off, to all shut down. And so I pivoted to an, a different model. I pivoted to a, a true servant leadership model and I volunteered over 67 days to talk to 42 CEOs, all for free for 30 minutes each to help them deal with chaos and crisis. From that, I got zero clients. And yet my business has grown 300% in 12 months because those people became my sales force. Those leaders who I helped in a moment of chaos and crisis told their friends. And some of those friends have become clients. And so for me, it was making that pivot of I can improve lives. I can double down on my why anywhere in the world. I don't need to do it just from stage. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. March was about the time when I was sort of, I was speaking at an event um, and these big companies got telephone calls from their, um, I guess, HR or something, just saying, right, whatever's going on, just pack up and leave. Right. And this, this, this show during the middle of the day where it should be heaving was gently getting less and less. And I think by the end of the week, there was about 15 speaking events that I got just, we're not doing it now because we don't know. So it's been an interesting thing, especially when sure. you do the speaking side of it, because it was like, <laughs> and learning the new skills to do it online. <laughs> yes. Although it's like speaking, it's presenting online. It's, I don't know about you, but it's feeding off the energy of the audience. I feel, I, yes. So I find that managing my energy is the number one job I have right now. Um, 
because at least I find when my clients are coaching, when I'm coaching my clients, they, they need from me. That's what they're paying me for. When I speak to an audience, even on a Zoom call or what have you, they need from me. I have to deliver that energy. And I have to get very protective of that energy because it's not, there's not an infinite supply. But here's what I have found. I found that if I'm aware of that and I keep my, my internal resources high to match those external demands, I, I can like I'm doing a program next, actually next week, I'm finally traveling again. I'm going to do three cities in two days. I'm going to talk to a bunch of different groups. And the guy who last guy who hired me, he's like, are you going to be okay? I'm like, I guarantee you're going to be more tired than I am. Trust me. I've got this. <laughs> Class. Excellent. Okay. Question number two is, can you share with us one strategy that's working for you right now that the listeners could implement today? So the strategy, yeah, absolutely. And I talk about it in my book. It's, it's called the active learning cycle. I just renamed it that E4 process. And we talked about it earlier in our, in our call today. It's, it's recognizing that any problem we have, if you put it into the active learning cycle, can can come out and we can learn from it. Doesn't necessarily mean we're going to solve it. If your business is in crisis, you may the solve may actually be the right decision to close the business, but it doesn't mean you have to stop being an entrepreneur. So, real quick to recap, identify what's not working. Mine was six hundred thousand dollars in debt. Put an intention, not a strategy, around how to solve that because the strategy is open minded. It's creative. Where an an and and I'm sorry, the intention is open minded. The definitive part of being win-lose and having an expectation will shut you down. Create a strategy around that intention and take massive iterative growth forward action around that strategy, going back into the intention and going back into what you want to change. You, and you literally, we pivot when we were changing the business, you do that every single day. Sometimes we did two or three times a day. What we found is that any problem, whether it's you know, I've applied it to kids. I've applied it to families. I've applied it to sports teams that I've worked with. It all it always gets massive change going. In that in that active learning cycle is just proven to work every time if you stick through it. Sometimes it's that growing through it, that uncomfortable part of it is where people bail. I challenge everybody. You know, if it's uncomfortable, stick with it. Yeah, it's because it's because it, it's the. As soon as you're doing something different, your your body naturally is going to be scared shitless because you're outside your comfort zone. Absolutely. So it's it's it's. I think that's what people don't necessarily understand. Maybe because they don't do enough self development or whatever. But it's that they they have to understand that the discomfort is you pushing through what you know, and you're going into the unknown. Well, I think there's such a challenge to a sense of self. Yeah. And that discomfort comes in, which creates the law of avoidance. If it's uncomfortable, I want to avoid doing it. If it's if it's uncomfortable and it changes the my self identifiers into the world, I'd rather double down on my internal screwed upness to, and, and, and just avoid when really it's, it's, it's the leaning through the uncomfortable. It's having those tough conversations that if done correctly can actually bring people closer together in chaos and crisis, not drive them apart. No, I love that. I love that. Uh, final question is, can you suggest, oh no, second final question. Can you suggest one resource that you would recommend? So certainly I would suggest if you can hire a coach, find a coach. If you can't hire a coach, find a mentor. If you can't find a mentor, find a peer group. Point of it is don't be alone. Don't operate in a vacuum. Don't do what I did thinking I had to have all the answers to all the problems for all the issues all the time. That there, that's no, one's, no one can do that. If you look at successful entrepreneurs in the course of history, I know at one point I was reading about Michael Dell from Dell Computer had six different coaches. I, I know a guy in Vancouver, he, he, he's 
got money for deck money for lifetimes. He has three coaches. So it, it, watch what successful people are doing and try to follow in their footsteps of modeling their positive behavior. Love that. All right. And final question is, um, do you have a morning or after, uh, evening habit that you do on a regular basis to help you get into, if you want the zone or into the right sort of state of mind? Yeah, I do actually. Um, two things. First thing is I practice gratitude and appreciation pretty much all day, every day. Um, and it's, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now as a guy, at least that's the story I tell myself as a guy that, that it's really uncomfortable sometimes, but I've gotten such huge dividends from that. And I've helped people feel so appreciated in life. And that's what I want to feel. I want to be seen and heard. I want to be a feeling appreciated. So I practice gratitude and appreciation. I did a lot of that when COVID first hit, I, I would make this I'd have a ritual where I'd reach out to five people I haven't talked to in six months every day for 30 days. Just, hey, how are you? I'm thinking of you, Jeff. How are things going? Anything I can help you with? How can I be of service to you? Because if, and the reason I do the gratitude practice is it's actually one of the biggest cures for depression. So I found that out. And then another cure for depression, but also for physical health is to exercise. And, and I have a gym routine. I do four to five days a week, depending upon my travel schedule. And I know because it's the worst thing I have to do every day, I got to do it first or I'm not going to do it. Um, so that, so that, I've, going back to managing my energy and managing my, my resources internally, if my, my head is straight and my body is feeling good and I'm managing my diet and I'm managing my alcohol, then I'm able to deliver. Like I told these people I'm going to see next week. Hey, will you come and have dinner with us? We're going to you know, big dinner on one night. I said, here's the deal. I'll do dinner, but I'm barely going to drink because tomorrow when you guys are all hung over and I have to deliver because that's what you're paying me for. I have to be on top of my game and I have to carry the room until you guys all sober up. So I will be there. I will still be fun. We will still have a good time, but I'm going to be done by about 10 o'clock. I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to get my eight hours so I can deliver it for you tomorrow. But I said, what I do is I have that uncomfortable conversation because, you know, guys can be like, oh, come on, just one, just come on, one more. I set the upfront expectation, upfront contract with them so they know I will show up to deliver for them because that's why I'm there. No, I love it. I love it. Okay, um, finally, we're at the end of the show. Um, the floor is yours if you could share with us how we could get um, more information about you, how we can get hold of the book, all of that cool stuff. Yeah, so thank you. I appreciate that. So what I would I would suggest, if anybody heard anything they, they found valuable today, and I think you know Jeff asked some great questions and I'm really appreciative. Always happy to be on his show. Um, I, I would challenge you to go to my website, extraordinaryadvisors.com, and I'm giving away a free chapter of the book. So just go in, pop in your email address, boom, it's going to show up and you got the first chapter of the book to free. Try it out, test it out, see if it's for you. If you really liked what we said, then why don't we have a call? Call me, you know, let's book a 30 minute call. I, I've done it. Like I was mentioning, I did it. 42 CEOs in 67 days. I got them unstuck. It, it went to helping me improve lives. And you may find you, you get value out of the conversation if you're at the point where you're, you're considering hiring a coach. That's cool. Thank you so much. Um, just finally, I'm wishing you the greatest success, Todd, and hopefully speak to you in another couple of years with the next book. <laughs> there you go. Thank you so much for having me back on, Jeff. I truly appreciate you. All right. Take care. Take care. So first of all, just let me say a massive thank you for joining me today. It's lovely to know that you're out there listening. And it's great to have the emails that I get from you with suggestions about the show and what you think about the show. That's really nice. Really does help me make the show even better. If you'd like to find out more about me and the types of services I offer or my social media links, then please visit www.jeffnicholson.uk. You can also join us on the Facebook page. Just search for Success IQ Podcast. And that's a new page that we've put up that I'm trying to grow and develop. 
So you can tune in and find us on other stations such as Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, and of course iTunes. And if you have the time, it would be great if you could pop over there, leave a rating, leave a review, because it really does help me grow the show and make the impact that I'm really looking for. So just to say, I hope you have a fantastic week. I wish you the greatest success and I look forward to speaking to you next week. Take care.